This WBEZ podcast is supported by the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Suicide is a topic that hides in the shadows. It's time we talk away the dark, learn how to spot the warning signs for suicide, and how you can have an open, caring, real conversation to help save lives. Visit the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention to watch the new short film and learn more at AFSP.org slash talkawaythedark. This WBEZ podcast is supported by Ravinia, with over 100 concerts under the stars this summer, including Daryl Hall and Elvis Costello, Nora Jones with special guest Mavis Staples, the Beach Boys with special guest John Stamos, Shaggy and TLC, Jason Isbell and the 400 Unit, the Chicago Symphony Orchestra, and more. Their 30-acre park is nestled in a gently wooded area. Bring your own picnic or eat at one of the park restaurants. Tickets available now only at ravinia.org. I'm Justin Kaufman, and this is Reset. The world is celebrating the centennial of author Ray Bradbury's birth. The Waukegan-born Bradbury is acknowledged as one of the world's all-time great sci-fi writers. His seminal works include Fahrenheit 451 and The Illustrated Man. Bradbury died in 2012, but the literary community is enjoying numerous celebrations for his 100th. On Bradbury's actual birthday on August 22nd, the Library of Congress will feature read-alongs by actors and authors like William Shatner, Rachel Bloom, and Neil Gaiman. And as Bradbury's official biographer, Sam Weller is doing his part to celebrate the life of a man who still looms larger than life. You know, I think uh, with each passing year that this man has left our planet and gone out wherever we go when we depart, uh, he becomes more important to the pantheon of not just literature, but to creativity and imagination. This was, in my estimation, I think, and I'm biased. I mean, I'm, as you said, I'm his authorized biographer. I think he is one of the most important creators of the 20th century. I mean, not only did he do books like Fahrenheit 451, which is a mainstay in in school curricula around the world. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's published in nearly 40 languages around the world. But he worked in television. You know, he wrote episodes of The Twilight Zone. He designed attractions at Epcot Center. He designed shopping malls. He was nominated for an Academy Award. There's a crater on the moon named for the man. And I just think his footprint on imaginative storytelling is just massive. And I think that's why I think people are coming together and recognizing this centennial as really important. It makes me sad because, you know, I worked really closely with him Mm -hmm. for so long and he always maintained, I want to live to 100. Mm -hmm. I want to live to 100. That's great. Didn't quite get there. He died in 91, 92 years old, I think is uh, when he died. But when you've worked so close with someone like Ray Bradbury and you've spent time with him, what do you think people don't know about Bradbury but should? know about him. Oh, you know, I think there was a joie de vivre about the man. There was an effervescence, if you will, to his life. I mean, he celebrated every single day. When I was with him, you couldn't help but feel gratitude for just being alive. And I think that that crackles through in many of his books. But I think people who read a work like The Martian Chronicles Mm -hmm. or a dystopian work like Fahrenheit 451 or a frightening book like The Illustrated Man, I think people think that he must have been a dark and brutal visionary and there was that aspect to him but that really was not his personality he was hilarious he was gregarious I got out of acting when I was 21 the reason I'm here tonight is because I quit acting because I couldn't remember the god lines he had a tremendous zest for life and that's you know I think why he continues to live on 
I want to get into the stories, but when you talk about Ray Bradbury and his creativity and his uh, imaginative storytelling and his ability to cross genres, how has that been an inspiration to the work that you do, the writings that you do? Wow, that's a great question. You know, I think uh, Bradbury did not like to be confined by boundaries and labels as either a science fiction writer. He really rebelled against that. He said he was a teller of tales. So he wrote mystery stories. He wrote horror stories. He wrote fantasy fiction. He wrote science fiction. And he wrote straight up New Yorker, contemporary, mainstream kind of literary prose. And so he defied genre labels. And I think the more we really look at contemporary artists, I think more and more creatives don't want to be confined by a label that puts them in a neat shelf, you know, and Bradbury was doing that 70 years ago. And so that's something that's really been important to my own ethos. So I've written a biography, I've done an oral history of conversations with Ray Bradbury, I've done a travel book, I've done a graphic novel, I've won two Bram Stoker Awards. I really feel, continue to feel that Bradbury sort of trained me to defy labels and do whatever the hell you want, you know? (laughs) Why why do we need to be confined? And he was an early pioneer in that. And I had a fight with the editors all the time. They said, well, we want traditional ghost stories. I said, I don't write traditional ghost stories. I look in the mirror and scare the hell out of myself. Well, your collection of short stories, and we're talking with Sam Weller about his new collection, which is out now, Dark Black. It's great because it dances around the horror genre. And what I mean by that is that it can be haunting in one point, it can be eerie in another, but it also can be poetic or or just reflective of the space that the character is in. Whether that's punk rock ghosts or Ouija boards or giant squids, whatever it might be, there's a, a, a way that you are using what I guess is called the horror genre, but you're finding a way, as you just mentioned, to use a lot of different disciplines to inform that, if that makes sense. You know, I really appreciate you saying that. You obviously understood what I was trying to do with my new book. You know, really the springboard for this was Ray Bradbury's 1955 collection, uh, The October Country. Really, in many ways, it was his first book. It first came out in 1947. It was called Dark Carnival. It was published out of Sauk City, Wisconsin. And he repackaged it in 1955 as The October Country. And it's really become this mainstay of Gothic literature. And the thing that I realized in studying that book closely is that Gothic literature and horror literature can be connected at the hip, but they're not the same thing. Mm. You don't need a ghost in a story to be haunted. When you go home tonight, make a list of 10 things you love madly and write about them. Make a list of 10 things you hate and kill them, huh? We're all haunted by something. We're all haunted by relationships and COVID-19 and the fear of the coming election and just all the skeletons in our closets. And I really looked at Bradbury's book and said, I want to write a book similar to that because he only did one book that came from that very dark and fertile landscape that he called the October Country. And I wanted to do something like that, but do it in my own voice. Do it, as you said, there's punk rock stories. There's, you know, a mild element of some political statements, but I wanted it to reflect me. And this is not a Ray Bradbury book. It's my book, but at the same time, 
his ghost, if you will, was absolutely looking over my shoulder as I wrote it. Yeah. When I think about the horror genre, too, because it's changed a lot, especially in pop culture, uh, thanks yeah. to shows like Black Mirror or American Horror Story, that what you thought was a horror film of the past that kind of sneak up and scare you kind of you know, gory experience has changed into a much more literal, a much more narrative, a much more poetic style. It's not just about the scare or the jump or the mystery of it. It's really about uh, the description, the words, or or in the case of the television shows, the storylines. That seems to be what's grabbing people to what is, I guess, a new horror genre. Totally, and I think that, you know, largely Bradbury played a big role in that. Rod Serling, of course, was the host of The Twilight Zone, but he also was the producer and and wrote many of the episodes. And he said that it's impossible to create in this field without stepping in the footprints of Ray Bradbury. And I can't overestimate his contributions to horror. And I think, as you just said, the basis of his contributions, he was a poetic writer. He was a melancholy writer. He was a humanist. And I think these weren't just stories that caused you to freak out and be afraid, but they caused you to think and reflect upon your own humanity. And he did it with this elegant beautiful prose um, that really is so unequaled in the field of horror. And that said, connecting to what you also commented on, he was a plot writer too. He had great ideas. His stories were fun and deeply memorable. And there was always a central metaphor about them that stood as a larger truth for our own existence. Sam, as we wrap up, just creativity in the time of the pandemic. I mean, you you are somebody who has been always uh, at the forefront of, of the literary community here. You're also a professor down at Columbia College. What do you tell uh, people about creativity in this moment? You know, I mean, I tell my wife and kids all the time that even I've always been incredibly prolific. And even in the era of COVID, I felt a struggle, you know, almost like there's a tremendous headwind facing me and my my ability and desire to create. And I think it's important to remember that art is one of the things that's helping all of us get through this. And that's why I really appreciate you even taking the time to have me on. I mean, we're all binge watching shows on Netflix and listening to great music and watching movies. And art is sustaining us through this in ways that many other things are not. And, you know, Marcel Proust, the great writer, once said, only through art can we emerge from ourselves and know what another person feels. Mm. And, you know, I feel that Michelle Obama last night in the DNC talked about empathy. And art creates empathy. It helps us understand each other. It helps us relate. And so this need to be creative right now, even though we may not have the motivation right now, a lot of my students are not very motivated. They feel this is a tough time, obviously, but it's so important. And Ray Bradbury taught me, even if you create something just a little bit every day, you will feel better about yourself and you will feel Mm. better about your life. Sam Weller, uh, Chicago author, new uh, collection of short stories is called Dark Black. Sam, always a pleasure to have you on. Thanks so much for joining us. You too, man. Thanks so much. What you're all looking for, but maybe you don't know it, what you're looking for in your writing and your life is for one person to come up to you and say, I love you because of what you do. I love you for what you do. Not the money, not the money. But someone paying attention and saying, hey, you're okay. You're, you're not nuts the way people said. <laughs> we love you. We love you. 
Well, that's it for Reset today. Make sure to come back here tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR. The WBEZ stream sounds great in the kitchen on your smart speaker and anywhere on the WBEZ app. Listen every day.